Welcome to For What It's Worth, a podcast from Raymond James, designed to help you plan, invest, and live smarter. Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Paige Lenson. We're glad to have you with us. You can find this episode and more For What It's Worth on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about human trafficking. It's an important topic um, and one that can really benefit from more awareness. It also has a particular connection to the financial services industry. We're going to be covering what this crime is, how it's affecting communities in the United States and worldwide, and the role that financial firms play in helping to detect and prevent it. Our featured guest is someone who's really knowledgeable about this topic. Not only is she a director within Raymond James' anti-money laundering and financial crimes management team, but she also serves as a board member for the Human Trafficking Foundation in Pasco County, which is in the Tampa Bay area. I'm very pleased to welcome and introduce Anna Manning. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. We're glad to have you with us. And thank you so much for having me, Paige, to talk about this really, really important topic. Throughout this episode, we're going to be using the terms human trafficking and and also modern day slavery. When we use these phrases, what exactly are we talking about? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the United States has a definition and they define human trafficking and modern slavery really to be synonymous terms used to describe the exploitation of men, women and children for financial gain using force, fraud, or coercion, typically for purposes of sexual exploitation or forced labor, which are the two most common forms of human trafficking. How prevalent of a problem is this worldwide in the United States? I think a lot of people would be shocked to know how prevalent it is. Um, The International Labor Organization estimates that it's a $150 billion industry. There's over 40 million victims Hundreds of thousands of those victims are in the United States. It's, the, it's a very lucrative criminal enterprise, second only to drug trafficking, believe it or not. And the Department of Defense has indicated that human trafficking is the world's fastest growing crime because, again, it is so lucrative for traffickers since humans can be sold over and over again. And it might be astonishing to learn that the United States is actually the top consumer. If you look at Tampa for an example, The Nationwide Human Trafficking Report calls Tampa a major hub for a $2.5 billion massage parlor trade, and Florida actually is the third highest ranking state for the number of calls and tips made to the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which is hosted by Polaris. So just an example of just how prevalent it is just in our local community. I think that probably will surprise a lot of listeners. It certainly is shocking to me to hear how, how problematic and prevalent this crime is right in our communities under our noses. Can you tell us a little bit more about who the victims are? Sure. So the International Labor Organization estimates that um, women and girls are disproportionately affected, although human trafficking spans across all demographics. According to a report that the United Nations puts out, the vast majority of all human trafficking victims, some 71%, are women and girls, and one third of those are children. And sadly enough, um, for sex trafficking in the United States, the DOJ has reported more than half of sex trafficking victims are 17 years old or younger. 
Um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children estimates that one in seven runaway children are likely victims of child sex trafficking. And then we go on to talk about uh, really the vulnerabilities of, of these individuals and how uh, you know, traffickers can, can use those vulnerabilities to, to coerce them into this trafficking trade. It's clear, I think, that this is such a, a terrible crime, especially when you mention the prevalence of, of children and, and young people, especially. But can you tell us more about the impact that this is having on our communities, the, the really negative impact that human trafficking is having, even for those who aren't aware of it? Yep. Human trafficking impacts every community, whether you know it or not. Um, These traffickers are recruiting and exploiting local victims. They're exploiting and recruiting our children. They're bringing victims into or through a community. And a lack of community awareness can contribute to the success of that overall criminal organization and allow the victim to stay hidden and unseen. In many cases, these victims are in plain view and may interact with community members. um, But due to that lack of awareness and understanding of trafficking, Victims are not identified a lot of times by the people who encounter them. And we're going to get to some of those warning signs that listeners should be aware of and what they can do if they spot them. But I want to make the connection here of why, you know, Raymond James as a financial firm is talking about this. And this is an important subject for us. What is the connection and the responsibility that financial firms have when it comes to human trafficking? That's a good question. Just like any crime the illicit proceeds of the underlying criminal activity need to be integrated into the financial system and then laundered so that these funds appear like they're coming from a legitimate source. U.S. federal law actually requires us to detect and report suspicious activity relating to financial transactions. Human trafficking is just a piece of that. Um, So human trafficking-related typologies can be hard to distinguish and detect, and so financial institutions need to ensure that they have a robust transaction monitoring system that's designed to detect transactions related to human trafficking. If we're smart enough to detect that related activity, we can then report it to law enforcement and hopefully have an overall impact in in making a difference in this crime. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the steps that financial firms do take, some of the red flags that they might be on the lookout for, and then that step of reporting to an authority? Yes, absolutely. So there are a number of things that financial institutions can do uh, to detect this. So um, one of the things is to prepare, train the first line of defense. And by first line of defense, I mean the people that are coming in contact with the victims or the traffickers up front. So these would be your advisors, bank tellers, those who are interacting with the client on the front end. These are the folks who are most likely to pick up on those physical red flags or even red flags presented during the account opening process. Second is the transaction monitoring system, making sure that those folks who are looking at the transaction are are appropriately trained. So some of those red flags um, would be maybe if their salary seems understated relative to their occupation, if you're seeing frequent deposits or withdrawals from multiple branches or ATMs, high volumes of rideshare charges or um, rideshare charges that seem to occur at odd hours of the night, um, deposits or withdrawals persistently conducted at anomalous late, late night hours, accounts with high volumes of peer-to-peer transactions um, are just a few of the things that, that they can look for. 
And then aside from transaction monitoring is really the, the governance around an anti-human trafficking program. Every financial institution is required to have an AML-related program. Let's take that a step further and really focus on the anti-human trafficking piece. Um, so for example, some institutions have published what's called a modern day slavery statement. And that statement's really gonna outline all of the steps that they're taking to prevent human trafficking from occurring within their supply chains. They can also think about restricting business of individuals uh, who have been found to have been engaged in human trafficking, getting involved in the community, raising awareness, supporting a local foundation. These are all important steps a financial institution can help to end slavery. This is an especially timely moment for us to be having this conversation about human trafficking. Um, sports, professional sports are sort of coming back now that, uh, you know, some quarantine is, is being lifted and there's a lot of attention on it. We're based in Tampa Bay. We've got big sports teams and we also are scheduled to host the big football game in the spring. You have mentioned to me that there is a very strong connection between human trafficking activity and large-scale, very highly attended events. Can you tell me more about that connection? Yes, it's actually quite simple. This goes beyond any large football game. This is, like you said, Paige, any large-scale event. So traffickers move their victims to where the demand is at that particular time. And this is going to include any large-scale event, like a sporting event, a parade, trade shows, conventions, etc. cetera, um, anywhere that they think that they're going to get uh, have the most lucrative business. So businesses located in these areas of these large scale events, we're talking hotels, restaurants, and gas stations are likely to encounter a victim and their trafficker. And so it's important that these businesses are educated on what to look for and, and how to report it. Anna, let's talk about some of those, you know, red flag warning signs that we need to be on the lookout for that might signal that trafficking is occurring. Let's first talk about the communities. We talked about these large-scale events for community preparedness. What are some of the steps that can be taken? Absolutely. Cities can prepare by engaging their commissions on human trafficking. And really, it's around building that public-facing awareness and training, um, training those who volunteer at these large-scale events, maybe build out a live tip application that can go to law enforcement train these individuals how to use that application, train the businesses that are of a high likelihood to encounter those victims and traffickers, really campaigning and ramping up law enforcement ahead of these large scale events and getting that awareness out there is important. So it sounds like both some, you know, tech, uh, you know, texting awareness, knowing these methods, engaging different organizations within the different community, and then looking out for these interaction red flags. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of those red flags that we just as individuals going about and, and living our lives should be on the lookout for. Sure. Victims of human trafficking exhibit a lot of various red flags and clues. And this includes living with an employer. Maybe they're not able to speak to another person privately. Maybe they display a sign of physical abuse. Maybe they're behaving submissively or fearfully, receiving extremely low pay for their work. Maybe they're speaking in a manner that appears scripted or rehearsed. They have an evidence of being controlled or uh, either physically or psychologically. Maybe they don't have the ability to leave home or their place of work. They can't speak for themselves. 
Maybe they uh, are, are constantly having to be with someone. So there's someone always accompanying them they, that appears to uh, have control over their identification documents. Um, maybe they have few or no possessions. You know, local law enforcement has told incredible stories about rescuing victims. And, and one we were told of uh, was actually branded with a QR code so they could simply be scanned with a mobile device and paid for. These are all things that, that can, can you know, give us clues that something's going on. If it doesn't feel right, speak up. Let's talk about that speak up step. If you observe or have this feeling that something's not right, this could be a case of human trafficking, you observe any of the signs that you just mentioned, what are the next steps that someone should take? The general rule of thumb is if you see something, say something. So they can, there's a number of, of things they can do. So they can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline. They can call federal law enforcement. They can email the National Human Trafficking Resource Center or text the word HELP to 233-733. Anna, we're really appreciative for the awareness that you're helping bring for this really important topic. As a parting question, for those listeners who want to learn more about this, learn more about the impact that this crime is having on families, individuals, communities, what resources would you recommend to them? Sure. I, I would recommend checking with their local county, who is likely to have a commission that's dedicated to anti-human trafficking efforts and who offer public-facing training. The National Human Trafficking Hotline also provides training via their website, um, and that is humantraffickinghotline.org. Anna Manning, she's a director within Raymond James' anti-money laundering and financial crimes management team. We really appreciate your insights today. Thank you again for joining me this afternoon. Thank you, Paige. Listeners, thanks for joining us. You can find more episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe. For what it's worth, I'll see you next time. All opinions and information, including any price references or market forecasts, correspond to the recording date listed in this episode's description. Any performance figures noted do not include fees or charges, which would reduce an investor's returns. The information contained in this podcast is not research, nor does it constitute the provision of any investment, financial, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or recommendations to the listener. Raymond James and its financial advisors do not provide tax or legal advice, and you should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance is not an indication of future results. There is no assurance any investment strategy will be successful. Investing involves risk, and investors may incur a profit or a loss. Investment products are not deposits, not FDIC and CUA insured, not insured by any government agency, not bank guaranteed, subject to risk and may lose value. Copyright 2020 Raymond James and Associates Inc. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. Copyright 2020 Raymond James Financial Services Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC.